All right, talk, fuckheads. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to everyone who's come along to listen to Board Game Chinwag. You're here with the five of us, you poor unfed sod. Uh, my name's Scum Cleaner. We've got Steve, Shane, G-Money, and DG, otherwise known as Dave. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Greetings. Hello. Our topic is Kickstarters. More importantly, what Kickstarters have we done that we absolutely detest? Uh, but then along the way, we'll talk about all sorts of other Kickstarters, uh, so, to kick it off, I would mind wouldn't mind asking you guys, what's the first Kickstarter you uh, ever backed? Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Too soon. Uh, Too soon. Someone, someone's fed Troy some info. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, boys. I <laughs> may have warned him. <laughs> uh, well, look, look seeing as though I'm being baited, I'm just going to point out that my first Kickstarter ever back was actually Rival Restaurants, wow. which I still own. So um, wow. it's, the, it's the second and the third one that I that are the, the ones that need avoiding. <laughs> so, it's not just Charlie Party. <laughs> well, oh, he said it. Well, he said I mean, it. It doesn't have to be uh, uh, whatever game you've kickstarted first, because believe it or not, the first thing I ever kickstarted was a book. I don't know if any of you have ever seen a comic, uh, uh, online comic called Least I Could Do. Um, worth nice. watching if you do, uh, worth having a look at. But the guy on there, Ryan Soma, he did a book um, called uh, The Parenting, uh, The Bear Parenting. And um, it was just his comic style and, and his kind of lunacy and I kickstarted that it's how I actually first heard about kickstarter I was watching uh, or reading his comic and then went oh wow what's this kickstarter thing he's got on so I backed this book and there you go the rest of it is well the rest of it's most of my bank balance but let's not go there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was similar for me like the oatmeal I was a big fan of the oatmeal and I'd sort of followed along with a lot of his stuff and did um like bought some off of his web store from America and he had like some t-shirts and stickers and things and then he teamed up with this guy then they were just doing a card game like yeah well it'll be more of the artwork which i enjoy so i'll get that and turns out exploding kittens well definitely wasn't the worst game in history like we had some good fun with that and it, it founded an empire but for me it also kickstarted my kickstarter addiction yeah. um, exploding kittens a kickstarter i never realized yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it, kind of, ever. it kind of launched it didn't it yeah, yeah. oh wow the most the most uh units like most backers for a Kickstarter ever. It was also the biggest money spinner for a long time until I think Kingdom Death Monster overtook it. I think I want to say. What you're saying? And then Nemesis isn't the king of Kickstarter still. No, I think yeah. From uh, I, I could be totally wrong here. It's happened on the podcast already. We're only two episodes in, um, but I believe that Kingdom Death Monster got it for dollar value. Obviously not for not for number of backers. Mm. Uh, and then Frosthaven beat Kingdom Death. Oh wow. Wow. Um, for dollar value. But uh, um, Exploding Kittens is still the most backed project on Kickstarter. And it didn't didn't DJ and uh, I don't know if G's got it as well, but also Scum Cleaner, didn't you guys back some kind of magical rubber band gun? Yeah, that Did was that ever turn up? <laughs> no. No, the <laughs> best story about the magical rubber band gun. I'm so pissed about that. Yeah. So... <laughs> The, you know, we've all heard stories about people whose Kickstarters, you know, their truck catches on fire with gay mats and that sort of thing. But the story along the rubber band gun goes, it's listed as being in Massachusetts. So everyone gets on board. And then the first couple of updates are like, oh, while we're here in Ukraine making our rubber band guns. And everyone goes, ah, shit. Yeah. So, yeah, they got bombed and they had to move some of their production facility. Pretty much not happening now, I'm fairly sure. I haven't heard from them in about six months, I don't think. Oh, no, they're still doing them. They're just using them against the Russians now. (laughs) (laughs) Bet Putin didn't back it. (laughs) (laughs) They went from laser-cut wood to, actually, we better make miniguns because we're in some shit here. Yeah, this is why the Australian government is sending weapons to help. <laughs> so yeah, the, the guys making the rubber band gun are in the Ukraine, so I'm pretty sure that one's never fulfilling. Wow, wow. That story uh, my... always snaps back, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, oh, that's terrible. Bada bing. <laughs> um, my first one was uh, 
uh, Circadian's first light. So Garfield okay. Games, and so no surprise, the first one. And and honestly, they're probably the best um, Kickstarter uh, company going around because they deliver on time every time. It's uh, not it, even that that I like about them. I mean, that's great. Don't get me wrong. But I love that it's like, you know what? This is going to be available retail. Yes. There's no difference. If you want to buy it early and you want to get it first and you want to get it direct from the publisher, great. But if you don't, you'll be able to buy it in the store. There's never any kind of like, oh, this is some sort of, there's not 17 Kickstarter re- uh, goals, like um, what do you call them? Stretch Stretch goals. goals. Yeah. And there's no like bonus content that only the Kickstarter people get. You can get it all if you want it all. Yep. You don't have to get it now. That I is one that. thing I really dislike about Kickstarter is the Kickstarter only items. Because there are times where I just, for one reason or another in my life, have missed uh, Kickstarter. And then found out about it when it's retail, and it's like you can only get three quarters of what they bought out. And I hate that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a good thing. Garfield Games do they 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 keep the retail for retail like for for Kickstarter. It's the same it's the same game, and uh, they deliver on time every time. I've backed everything that's come on Kickstarter that they've done, and I'm still waiting on Legacy for You. Wayfarers, I think, is coming out there pretty mm-hmm. soon this month or next month. So pretty happy. I gotta say, just on Wayfarers, um, I nearly put it in my top thirteen last week. Oh, only that I haven't got the actual game yet. I've only played, like, not only have I not played it in ages, I've only played the prototype version on t- Tabletop Simulator where the board wasn't even done. I played that three or four times, and I think it might be my favorite of the the something of the something games. Something of the something games. Yeah, yeah. it's so my favorite. Waiting. Yeah, it's yeah, my right. favorite too. Well, come on, G-Money, What's, uh, what was your first? Well, isn't this like asking you who your first Doctor Who was? Like, it's so long ago, I can't even really remember, but it was Joking Hazard. Oh, oh right. Wow, you still got that too. I remember you talking about it uh, not that long ago. Yeah, it's got a pretty good kick. It's got a few good cards in it. Uh, did you do to it what you did to uh, Cards Against Humanity? No, no. It <laughs> remains untouched. <laughs> oh, I just imagine uh, that getting the, the Cards Against Humanity treatment all right well um i mean i guess we all sort of got into kickstarter um pretty heavily then that's the whole reason why we're talking about it and why we've sort of ended up in the same circles really but uh yeah i don't know about you guys but there's been a hell of a lot of money sucked through uh kickstarter yeah and just as a quick update i want to give a shout out to joe casabella who yes uh, we started a sort of group buying group for like as a part of a group of friends that we were working with at the time and then the shop that we had. Um, but he's taken that and has done some good stuff with it. Like he did a little year in review post the other week and he goes, oh, we've put through 60,000 worth of group buys this year Far for a, a net saving of $15,000. Yeah. Well, while you're doing Ooh. a shout out, where could people find a way to get in on that group if they really wanted to do that kind of buying? Well, it's the Southeast Queensland kick group buys. Um so yeah, Joe Joe ably manages that. A couple of uh, people pitching and help Joyce and Cassie and myself and Dan. Um, but yeah, Joe Joe's the machine behind it all. So he has been kicking some goals this year. For yeah, sure. massive thanks, Joe. We love you. Good on you, Joe. Well done, my man. It's a huge savings when you think about it, right? So. And more importantly, it's good to have a group that you can actually have discussions. I mean, uh, sitting around and talking uh, through companies that we've had with Kickstarter is a great thing to get an idea of what's going on uh, with stuff on Kickstarter right now. I mean, if I'd have known a couple of these companies that I dealt with over the years, if I'd known some information about them beforehand, I might have run a mile. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. always good to, you know, just with, with anything, it's always good to have a bit of a community where you can chat about things and yeah, get a bit of a heads up. Get a bit of, and, and, and look at, you know, some upcoming games. And uh, by the way, uh, G, my first doctor was Tom Baker. Just to see. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Show my age again. Hey, no, that's around about my age too, because, yeah, Tom Baker was mine. Yeah. Is he the one so, with the scarf? He was the one with the scarf. Nice. The one that's still kicking around occasionally doing bits and pieces with it. So if we're talking about first Kickstarters, what about oldest Kickstarter that hasn't fulfilled? Mm. I've been actually very lucky, I've got to be honest. Um, There aren't... I was looking back through my Kickstarters uh, before I came on, of course, and um, every one of my Kickstarters has actually been fulfilled. 
Yeah, you were a bit worried about that uh, cathedral for a little while. I was, I was, and I'll talk about them uh, uh, soon. I mean, the, I'd actually went back to them, even though their first time was pretty bad, but I think they really just had to learn. Um, it was a, uh, a company called Rampart, and they would made magnetised modular terrain um, made with uh, small spots where you could put five mil magnets in, which sounded like a great idea, but... I guess they just overdid themselves and they were new to Kickstarter and they messed things up. But um, when it finally arrived about a year late, a year and a half actually, uh, it was good stuff. So mm. I went, all right, I'll try phase two and I'll see if they're any good. And sure enough, the second time I went through, it was great and they got it out on time and it was exactly what I asked for. No, so it's fantastic. I think some companies learn from their mistakes, which is good. Yeah, I, um, I've been, you know, lucky like yourself, mate. Um, I haven't had many that haven't, or I have, I've had nothing that's not uh, fulfilled. I did have one that was quite delayed, and that was actually arrived uh, last week, and that was um, Ra- uh, Ragnarok's by um, by uh, Grey Fox Games. Um, it, it just it just came it just came late. Um, I think there was a lot of issues around shipping, um, but you know it arrived. It looks really good. Um, and a little bonus, I look at the back of the rule book and there's my name as a playtester. So oh, hey. kind of undid everything, you know, while you're waiting for it. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, it did though, it did, you know, sour me backing, um, the, the last light, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, because of the, the delays because that were happening. Gray Fox. Yeah. yeah. Because of Gray Fox, it kind of, it did, I didn't, I didn't back it because of that reason. So, hmm. Anyway, um, what about anyone else? Have we got any? Well, actually, similar story. I've actually just received the one that I have been waiting for the longest time. And it's an interesting story because it was the only Kickstarter that if it didn't back, I'd be fine with it because um, it was the Manhattan Project Energy Empire Cold War expansion, um, which I was really excited for because it's a Luke Laurie game. Luke Laurie is like Dwellings of Eldervale, Whistle Mountain, you know, some other games I really like. Um and uh, I backed this, I don't know how long ago. It was estimated delivery is November 2019. The guy from Minion Games, who does the designer, he died. Oh, no. Um, so then it became this really, like, this festering pot of people just going, oh, like, you know, really sorry if you lost, blah, blah, blah. And then months went by and there was no update. So then people were like, uh, so what's happening and then it became this real ugly thing where people are like, you know, we don't care that what's happened to you. You've got our money. You need to do something about it. And, like, it got really nasty. And and then eventually, like, eight months later, someone comes on and says, oh, um, I'm a, a spokesperson for the, for the family. Um, they're trying to find someone. It's going to take some time, blah, blah, blah. You know, we've got to wait until the um, everything settles from the from – the, um, uh, the fact that the money has gone to one person with Kickstarter and now that's going to be moved to others, all this kerfuffle about it. And I'm just sitting there the whole time going, I don't care. Like in the end it was 80 us dollars. If it goes to the family of a, someone who's passed, I don't, I don't have an issue at all. Um, well, it turned up this week. Um, wow. So I got the expansion about four months, four or five months ago. Um, and then, but I didn't have the base game. So the base game turned up this week. So um uh, it's actually fulfilled after yeah a, a long hiatus. But like I said, of all the Kickstarters that have problems, that's that's I, I, I can live with that. What I can't live with is that um, the company that ended up doing it was Grail Games, who were in the process yeah. got bought out by Matigo. And in all of that, there was no communication once that happened. And I, I moved houses in that time and I was trying to change my address and I didn't get a single reply from anyone about how to do that. So I ended up getting in contact with VR distribution who were distributing it. And I've got to say props to VR for their customer service because they were bloody amazing. They readdressed the Cold War expansion for me. And then I said, oh, when Manhattan Project comes in, can you do that? And they say, we don't think we're getting it. And then about two months later, without prompting for me, that I get a message from them saying, oh, we are actually doing it. We'll let you know when it comes in. And then about two weeks ago, they're like, we got Manhattan Project Energy Empire. I just want to double check your address. Wow. Without oh, wow. being prompted. So I'm like That's that. Great. Yeah. yeah. Props to them. I spent like, a lot of time dealing with VR through the shop, but man, they are really good to deal with. They are by far one of the best board game distribution companies in the, in the country. 
Mm. Yeah, agreed. So Kickstarter-wise, I'm, I was riding the hype um, early, sort of late 2018, early 2019 around TI. Everybody knows, big fan. We played it heaps and there was this game that was coming called Hyperspace and it was going to be built as a sort of TI with customizable races, with individual ships for everybody and there'd be more choice and it was going to be amazing. It was by Sandy Peters who did uh, Cthulhu Wars, I think it was. And um, so throughout the campaign in January 2019, the way they pitched it was it was China ready. I'm using air quotes. Um, so what they said was it, it's all ready to go. We're literally going to finish the campaign. We're going to send it to the um, factory. It's going to get printed and you'll have it. So it was due, I think it was due December 2019 or February 2020, something like that. Uh, so that is still going. I don't have it yet. The latest update is maybe 18 months or so. Um, so this is going to be bordering on four years late once it actually arrives, if it ever arrives. The um, company went bust through COVID. They got bailed out. They went bust again. They've prioritised down to some key product lines that are actually profitable. So they're, I think, six or seven Kickstarter games behind actual delivery schedule. Um, so they're prioritising what they can actually deliver. Um, but, yeah, that's my my longest-term borderline, probably not going to be fulfilled at any time, but hyperspace. You know, I was very feel, excited about it at the time. How do we feel about the fact that some of these companies will prioritise what they can actually ship? I mean, uh, I had a, a similar situation with that group uh, doing the terrain. They had a, a game that they were really pushing hard uh, and they wanted to push it out. And they were kind of using the funds from the terrain in order to push out their game. And I got pretty bloody frustrated with that because you'd see all of their, um, you know, their chat online and they'd be hyping up the fact that we've got this star side coming and, and oh, we're still doing your terrain, but the star side will be out. And, and you knew they were funneling the funds. Really frustrating. Yeah. Mm. I remember um, Western Legends people, they actually got pulled up on it. I can't remember the name of the company at the moment, but oh, Colossal Games. Um they actually got pulled up by Kickstarter, so they hadn't fulfilled any of their campaigns and they'd launched another three or four in the meantime. Um, and yeah, Kickstarter right. actually pulled some of their campaigns and said, nah, you need to deliver what you've actually got out there first before you can post more up. Good on them. Hmm. But that's rare. Yeah. You had any misfires, Jake? Yeah, I've had one. It's Street Fighter 2, the board game, <laughs> based on the documentary of the great film. I'm still did waiting you, for it to fulfill. You didn't get it? No, I'm just joking. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, I have that. We played that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that actually worked uh, all right as a little just, uh, you know, screw around game. I, um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm the most expensive screw around game I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's the problem with it. Is it all those ones that really deluxe minis? That... Yeah. Yeah, it was $500. Yeah. Yeah, amazing minis. It's amazing. amazing. It yeah, was a price not... I was willing for you to pay, DG, for me to play Dan. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right, that gives that brings us to a, a good next topic there. Um, thanks, Dave. And that is, what have you bought from Kickstarter that you just go, nah, overpriced, wish I hadn't have done that? <laughs> Charlie parties. There's nothing like uh, realizing you can get it for 10% of what you paid for the Kickstarter. Uh, ain't that the truth? And it's still like not worth it at that price. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, for me, it's where do I start? I got I've, I, I went a bit hard. I did a lot of what a lot of people do. They go hard early, and um, then look when it arrives, they go why? Like why did I do? I bought an interactive puzzle book, two copies of it for some reason, for 43 pound. Like that, yeah, like what? what is that? That doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm just scrolling through. Uh, that's probably the one that stands out as the biggest waste of my money other than Charlie Party. I think I, I didn't, I don't think I've ever bought anything that I thought was deliberately overpriced, but I've certainly paid a truckload of money and gone, well, that's shit, and it's it's just totally not worth it. Um, the biggest one I had was uh, Rocket Air. The, they were a pair of augmented reality glasses. And oh, nice. you are supposed to be able to run it uh, from your mobile phone, and it projects 
a large screen um, in front of you with, through the glasses as if it's just hanging in the air in front of you. So, you know, cinema at home, that kind of thing. But um, what they didn't say, except for very small writing at the very bottom of the Kickstarter, was does not work with an iPhone. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to get it to work through an iPhone, buy this adjust, this piece here that only we sell. And then I bought it, threw them in a cupboard. I don't even know where they are now. Um, never used them. And then, uh, lo and behold, not that long ago, the adapter just pops up on a market for about uh, 20 bucks. And I'm like, <sighs> Still could, got me. <laughs> if I could find them, maybe I'd go and spend 20 bucks. But I've got that angst now that uh, you screwed me over. Damn it, I'm not even going to use your product sort of angst. Mm. Can be a bit of a case of early worm get uh, early bird gets the worm, but second mouse gets the cheese in Kickstarter sometimes. That was well said, Osage one. <laughs> Have you got an example of that, Gmod? Well, for like, you know, if, if you don't go in on the first run and you get the second yeah, run, it's a lot smoother situation. Fair. Like yeah. Oath, yeah, Oath, yeah. Oathsworn, Oathsworn season, like the second season of Oathsworn mm. is mm. just looking a lot better. Like it's cleaned up, you know, the the rules are cleaned up, stuff like that. Well, and I find some... Like yeah, Nemesis is a good one. But um, the there's sometimes problems that come through with Kickstarter versions that you don't see. And when they go through the retail prints, they actually fix them up. Like I remember Barrage had a big um, bunch of issues. Almost yeah, every single person right, yeah. said they had problems with something, whether it was the, the, the wheels are out of alignment, the boards are warped, you know, yeah. the the um, yeah, resources weren't sort of painted very well. And anybody that got a retail version didn't have any of those problems. They'd fix them mm. all up for the second mm. print run. Speaking with a couple of um, designers too, it's they'll, they'll play test a core game to the nth degree and then they'll slap on some Kickstarter content, content which quite often is nowhere near as play tested. So you can get some wild variation as well if you're adding in that Kickstarter content. Like some people do it right, but some people don't. So you do you can have that situation where you go, oh, I've got all the Kickstarter, Kickstarter content and it's well overpowered and it's useless because you can't play with it. So, yeah. Yeah, you see that so often. It's uh, it, it, a lot of stuff. Again, I guess I keep coming back to Nemesis because it's been my um, my linchpin one, the one that was most, I think, most used and successful of the ones I bought. Um, but it, that had so many problems with the first print. The miniatures were just, some of them looked like they'd been hit by a flamethrower. And um, the when the um, they started putting all the add-ons in, if you ever try to use them, you've got to really cherry pick what you work with otherwise it just overbalances the game hmm. but luckily what i love doing as the guys well know is to sit down and sort of uh, muck around with the rules a little bit and kind of almost like uh, gm even board games so any of those board games like that and smog um they're just absolutely right in my wheelhouse for that yeah love a good simon love a good smog oh don't we love a good simon <laughs> Some guys running around with my beautifully painted version of Smog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes it's actually good, like when you get that split shipping run, like, I don't know, you've probably got the FOMO and um, Nemesis was one for me where I really was happy that I paid the extra for the split shipping and managed to get it so far in advance. But um, that led me into with Awakened Realms doing it for Etherfields. And so the first version of Etherfields popped up and it's almost unplayable. Like the rule book is horrible and the game looks fantastic, but it's so tough to get into. Not many people actually persevered. And they learned with that split shipping wave when they did the full wave and they sent everybody's out, they actually amended the rule book. And so they sent everybody an updated rule book um, to say, well, actually, don't worry about the first bit because that was shit. So here's how you can play it now. And so they almost yeah. used it like extra play testing. That's, oh God, how are people getting rule books so wrong still? Like, Cut it out, ask James Workshop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, well, deserved. <laughs> be careful, Ooh, James Workshop James. will be after you, Troy. <laughs> well, what about, uh, I mean, the, the other um, uh, side of things, of course, is those games that you've picked up 
and you've absolutely loved and you thought they were amazing, or any items really, it doesn't have to be games, but those things you've picked up that you personally have loved and yet nobody else you know loves or wants to play it. Uh, have we, you run into any of those? Charlie Party. I love it. Everyone else disses it. I'm like a huge fan. Uh, well, for me, it was um, yeah. uh, the one that you and I have been uh, playing a little bit now. Uh, thank God. Um, the Edge down, uh, Dawnfall. Yeah. Oh, look, I love it. I Amazing really, game. it's been one of my favourite games, but uh, finding people who think the same is um, it's almost non-existent. So. I still remember you walking into my house with that box over your shoulder looking like Arnie from The Terminator <laughs> with the Christmas tree box. Was that the one that you, it was probably the first game we played together, Troy? Uh, it was, it yes, was like it was. Four boxes, you walked in, it was huge. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's got something like nine boxes. Um, yeah, that, uh, that was a good game. game. It was a great game, but yeah, nobody, like, it just doesn't seem to fit into a niche where people enjoy playing it. So, um, yeah. yeah. I know you do. <laughs> I did. And it's not I enjoyed it. It's I not played it once. I'm a niche. You're a niche. I guess because yeah. there's, it's really best at two players, and so it's rare we get the opportunity to have two-player games. That might be what's sort of doing that, but you know. any others like that? Anyone run into something they bought very proud of, and then it sits gathering dust? Uh, for me, founders yeah, of go, Gloomhaven. Sorry, Steve. Founders of Gloomhaven right. bought it thinking it would be cool because I love Gloomhaven. I was naive, didn't know what things did, meant. Still walking into walls, you know that kind of thing, and oh, um, never sad. opened it. Yeah, right. So it could be good, but I never played it. Uh, yeah, for me, it's uh, I've got two that really stand out, and it's one of them I like. One of them gets a bit of positive review, but doesn't get talked about a lot, and that's Destinies, which I've only played a couple of times, but I've absolutely loved both of those plays. One was solo, one was with three players. I think I played it a couple of times solo, actually. It's fantastic, and I've had it for a year and a half, and it's got three expansions that came with it. And I haven't opened any of the three expansions and I haven't progressed past those first couple of stories in the base box, even though I absolutely love the game. So that's a bit of a strange one because there's no reason why I can't just pull it off the shelf and play it. But like, it's, it's a fan. It makes me want to play it now actually, because it was a fantastic game. Um, It's got a weird play account though, because the solo version, you just, you, you time yourself. So you have eight rounds to do what you need to do and, because it's an exploration game, you might spend all eight rounds and getting nowhere, but then you play it a second time and you have that knowledge from the first time you played it, um, which was kind of cool because you sort of just built it up and built it up until you could complete it. Um, But other than that, it's a three-player max count, and it's rare to get three players to the table. Like, if you're going to have people over, you generally have four or five. You know, three is an odd number, so just kind of never got played. And it was definitely the one time we did, it was definitely a better game at three players and it was solo, but yeah, that's, that's the one for me that stands out as I'd, I'd, I wish I'd played it more because I loved it, but I just never have. I think Black Rose Wars is mine. I've like got everything for it, including that gigantic, you know, uh, Sator box, the, the full stretch goal kit of like 200 extra dollars worth of random stuff that you just don't need, but it's so hard to get that out and to play it. I think, there's actually someone that's developed a guide on how you store that material so you can use it and, and get access to right. it. But the base game, like we played a fair few times. It's fun. Every time we play it, we enjoy it. But the monster that it is to actually set it up and pull everything together, just it's too hard. We just don't, we choose other things over that. Which is it's a shame because I really do enjoy that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel oh, like that's magic. Uh, that is that a game? Do you think like that, that is kind of like a game you need to commit? Like, let's play it once a week, sort of thing. Like, you need to have a regular group for that to get the benefits of it. I'm not sure it would stand up to once a week. I mean, it's a fairly basic game, really, at its core. It gets a little bit of um, of differences and changes in the gameplay depending on what spells you take. But overall, you're still just doing the same thing. It's one you can only play every month or so really yeah Mm. and i think the way our group works we'll often someone will get a kickstarter game we'll play it really to death like we'll play it five or six times really quickly and then we sort of put on the shelf and move on like dead reckoning 
great game. Loved it. Mm. Everybody loved it. We played a whole bunch of times. I think we played it five times in the first week nearly, or two weeks. Um, and then it's just gone back on the shelf for nearly six months. Yeah. yeah. One of my games, actually, I think, Steve, you ended up selling it down the track. Um, and it was, it was a Kickstarter I backed, and that was uh, Terror Below by yeah. Re- Renegade yep. Games. And that was – it's I, I like it. It's such a no-brainer, leave your brain at the door, um, fun, stupid game. And uh, you have a good laugh. You do some big jumps over some uh, sandworms. And um, it's it's silly. It's, it's an absolutely silly game, but um, I actually really like it. I play it solo, and I play it with a few people as well. It's quite good. What about you, Mr. Quiet the Corner G-Money? <laughs> <laughs> What's the question again? Is it? No, I said I said about Founders of Gloomhaven. I also, but I also did kickstart a um a box oh, yeah. for like your D and D stuff. It like holds all your dice and like all that kind of stuff, and it's like all like leather, like red dragon scale type stuff around it, which I use all the time. Box. I have a uh, I have a tragic one, sadly, and that is uh, something called folklore, the affliction. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's you just reminded me of it when you said D and D, G money. Um, it was a bit of a D and D adjacent type game, and it was absolutely gorgeous. It had neoprene mats for your character sheets it had um, full uh like storyline to follow it was dnd base Your miniatures were great um but i had bought it for <clears throat> a friend of ours who died and uh unfortunately he died before i gave it to him so i just couldn't play it i couldn't open it ever mm. and i just wouldn't so i ended up getting rid of it but yeah <laughs> that that was that was one that wasn't the game's fault it's yeah. just what yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You'd say it's one of those things that by the time the Kickstarter actually fulfilled the guy that you bought it for passed away. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yep. In a fun yeah. And it would have been, no oh, yeah, doubt it would have been the best game. Especially in his hands. He would have absolutely, uh, he would have loved that and would have turned it into something pretty special, actually. Yeah. Unlike the turd that was Batman that nobody could polish ever. <laughs> oh, No. <laughs> That was the best thing about a, that, that game was uh, was it the cow bat bat cow bat cow that ended yeah is that oh, that was yeah. utterly if, great. if I remember correctly and again as proven in previous episodes I could also not be remembering correctly um, with, did that game have a second Kickstarter run that finished before yep. the first one fulfilled yep. Season two, and boy, yeah. I was because I went in on it too, and because that was the that was one of my big problems with it. If I'd have had the first game and the base game and given it a go before season two came out, I never would have bought season two. But I bought oh, season two so... I hadn't got season one yet, and I went, "Oh well, I'm going to want everything I can get my hands on with the game that cool." That's so wrong, hey, to do that. They, I bet you they knew it was shit. They just gone, "Well, <laughs> we better pump this out because it's our last chance to get any money." Yeah. <laughs> no, they did a three. They did a season three. What? Yeah. Who, who yeah. was on that? Nobody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Point proven. Yeah, I remember reading the, the reviews of it and they're like, oh, it's great. They fixed the rules and made it actually playable. And then it's like retrospective so you can use all your existing stuff. Nobody backed it. I don't even know if it fulfilled, like if it got over its funding goal. Yeah, if you uh, Google the word optimism, uh, the makers <laughs> of Batman, uh, they, their face shows up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we gave it a good go, didn't we? I mean, what, we, we would have played it at least a half dozen times. We tried. Trying to find uh, the golden rules in it. Yeah, I tried mm. I tried to figure out the rules to try and figure out if we could make it well, better. I managed to paint and... probably about 10 to 15 of the models and had a great time painting them. But even I, with my love of painting, just cannot bring myself to paint the rest to even use it for some other game system. I just look at this mass of miniatures and go, yeah, one day I might paint that, or I might paint that, or maybe some sucker will buy it from me for 10 bucks. Um, can I ask a question then? This is a different Kickstarter question. Yeah. Have you ever backed a Kickstarter and in the time that it's taken for it to fulfill, you've realized it's not the game for you and literally sold it either while it's still fulfilling or the moment it turns up on your doorstep? Uh, yes, and uh, <laughs> Shane knows all about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't necessarily sell it the moment it hit my doorstep. 
but the moment I got it, I realised that I had got it for the miniature, and that's Cthulhu, the... Um, uh, Cthulhu, Death, Death May, May Die. Death May Die, that's the one. Death May Die. And of course, no. Shane's still got that, don't you, Shane? <laughs> He's a trader. <laughs> a trading trader. A trading trader. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought that for the massive Cthulhu statue, and look, anything Cthulhu kind of sounds cool, but... Um, as soon as I got it, I took a look at the rules and the, the cards and I went, this is not the type of game I enjoy. Oh, well, yeah, right. start painting the model and see if uh, that catches my interest. And it never did. So did you keep the model or did you sell that with the game? Gave it to Shane. Sold it to Shane. Yeah, right. Yeah, Who right. then? Sold it to somebody else. Sold it to someone else. And sold the game to someone else. On sold it as quick as look at it. <laughs> oh, no, it was, it was more... It, it was yeah. the size of a child's though, that statue. More, my wife, when she saw the, the the statue, she said, what the fuck's that doing in our house? <laughs> Get that shit out of our house right now. That's that's the idol to our new God. We will praise him. Part of it was dropping it at your door that day because you weren't home. And so I dropped it off at your front door and I put it there and I went, well, the garden gnome's going to shit bricks when they see this. <laughs> <laughs> he has risen. Uh, I think I've shown you all the, the photo of my wife actually giving the statue the bird as she's walking off behind it. She <laughs> yeah, hated she it. She was not a fan uh, at all. Yeah. Wow, it was a monster of a miniature. It's a, a great selling point. They, um, I can't even call it a miniature. Uh, a great selling point for the game. It definitely sucked me in, but that's what sucked me in, not the gameplay. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So did anybody get the massive Galactus... Uh, zombie was it zombie side the Marvel one, the five hundred dollar thing. I remember yeah. seeing it. No, I I know people. Sure, I know Sean some Cody. people who got it. Yeah, I don't know them, but <laughs> Sean Cody gets everything. Surely Sean Cody got it. <laughs> yeah, he gets everything. Uh, nah. I got to message him. I don't know whether he's uh, heard about the uh, board game Chinwag yet. Uh, I think he'd enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. He has. He completed <laughs> Kickstarter. He's the first person to complete Kickstarter. Future friend of the podcast, Sean Cody, coming on to talk about Kickstarters. Yeah, future. We should host. just get him on, and his yeah. topic will be got a, just list all your games, and that'll take an hour. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and then we're all just skeletons because we've been. He's been talking no, storage forever. solutions. Just How do you store fifty thousand games? <laughs> I do have a mate, yeah. uh, Glenn Blair, uh, top bloke, uh, lives up on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, he's been in the board games for much longer than I have and probably the first person I knew that was really in the hobby games. He bought a house, a bigger house, so that he could house his board games. He's single, lives by himself. Mm-hmm. He was in a two-bedroom apartment and went, nah, and went and bought a big house so he could have a huge board game space to fit his board games. So I think as far as storage solutions go, that's got to be number one. Wow. <laughs> Man, that's that high IQ moves. deserves a clap. Does that mean? <laughs> Myself, DG, and G were up at a uh, mate's place up at Budrum only a, a couple of weeks ago who built himself a wing downstairs, both for his, um, his little uh, in-house cinema, but also uh, for his board games and all his Kickstarters. And, yeah, he's got a little press- impressive collection as well yeah. that he built this room for. Yeah, it's great walking into one of those rooms. You're like, mm, you like Kickstarter. Yeah. Like, there is about 10 grand worth of Kickstarters right here. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to know Kickstarters to be able to know how impressive it is. Otherwise, you're like, yeah. why do you have eight of the same box? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, why does that game take up half a wall up there? Yeah. What's, what's going on? It is funny, like the the the, uh, the tendencies of, well, specifically me, but I assume others as well, right? If I'm on Kickstarter and I'm interested in a game, I'll generally tend to go towards the all-in, give me all the gameplay, right? Mm. But if I walk into a shop and they've got a game that I'm interested in and they've got the game and four expansions, I'll never buy the expansions when I'm buying the game. I'll only ever buy the base game yeah. and then I'll go in and play it and I'll be like, oh, you know what, I really like that. Now I'm going to go back and buy those expansions. Yeah, it's the time delay because you can go back and get them and you know that yeah. instinctively when you're buying it. With Kickstarter, I guarantee you almost everybody that would listen to this has gone and had an experience where they bought a base game and regretted it because they couldn't get the expansion or those exclusives or stretch goals it's that they couldn't model. get. That's yeah, it. Yeah. 
You only do it once. You only do it once. Kickstarter FOMO. Yeah, if you, you look yep. at it and you go, if I don't get it right now, I'm going to get this game and go back on Kickstarter and there'll be no way to buy the, the extras. And that brings us back to the point of, uh, you know, why do they have Kickstarter exclusives? Because if you miss out, there's very difficult for you to go back and get those exclusives quite often. Well, I think I've seen it going away from that a bit these days. Like a lot of places, once the first campaign will fill, they've actually got an expansion already in the pipe and they'll build off the hype of the fulfillment and launch the second one. So Canvas is a really good example. Um, They're onto their third one now. So they've done two expansions. Both times they've launched the expansion immediately after the last wave has done fulfillment. Mm. So they, they're like riding the hype going, okay, cool. Everyone's just got my game. Everyone's going to play it. Oh, here's the next Kickstarter with the next expansion. So yeah. you can get all of the back catalog plus the new stuff. That's a clever way to market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a quick question for everyone. How many Kickstarters are you backing currently? See, the best thing with Joe's group is no, I don't no. know. I have I do. no ability to track I do. And that's what's yeah. scary. Yeah. You, you give him money exactly. and then eventually stuff shows up. <laughs> and it's like, almost taken away my actual like research too. I just wait for someone to post it up in the group and go, hey, this looks good. I'm like, oh, that does look good. I'll have that too. Here, Joe, here's another couple hundred dollars. Thanks. So I, I think I've actually, I'm actually backing more Kickstarters because of Joe's group than ever before. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at nine at the moment. So, so are you saying nine active right now like haven't fulfilled, I haven't closed or just nine that you haven't received yet nine i haven't received yet right okay that's 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 less like, yeah full on yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i've paid money for yeah. it's i've paid yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but i meant like like i've got seven that i'm i'm waiting to receive um but i don't have anything that's currently active if that makes sense yeah, I've got nothing currently active, but that's because I have this friend. Uh, what's his name? Um, oh, Dead Guard. <laughs> <laughs> and he just buys all this shit, and I go, oh, I'll go around your yeah. place and play it. Thanks, man. It's been a big week, actually. I had a few show up this week. Frostbunk arrived. Oh, yeah. It did arrive, so we're playing, we that, tomorrow night. playing that tomorrow night. We're yep. in. Excellent. And the big Everdell, that's a oh, bench press weight. Now, I think, I'm pretty sure the Everdell box weighs more than my kids. It's it's almost it's yeah. I think it's ten. Darkest kilos Dungeon is that. coming this week too. I think that's going to be another cracker. Yeah, yeah, that's I, a mythic um, mini heavy one based on the PC game. I'm actually really looking forward to that. I had um, Hamlet and oh, Ragnarok rock up. So, but then I, when I look at the list, I've got Age of Comics, Terraforming Mars, the Dice Game, AGNC, Castles of Burgundy, Wayfarers, Legacy of You, Union Stockyards, and uh, Bloodstones. Just ridiculous. And then what about what about on GameFound? <laughs> oh yeah, no, twenty strong. I've got twenty strong on GameFound too. Oh no, <laughs> sorry, Lauren. <laughs> it's all right. You don't really wow. need money. So um, Unbreakable. That's actually another one I've got on um, Too Many Bones. Unbreakable. Great movie yeah, too. Right. <laughs> is that um? What's part of that? Is that is that M Night Shyamalan? Is that? Yeah, Shamalama Ding Dong. Yeah, that's his actual name. Uh, all right, there's another category of Kickstarters that um, that I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on, and that are those that you bought, put in a cupboard, and you know you are never ever going to be able to sell them, and will probably never ever play them. Do you throw them out? Do you leave them as filler in your uh, in your house until you get smothered by Kickstarter games? What do we do with those games that we bought? We'll never play, but you know no one else is ever going to want. I have bought all of the Mint series. I know. Yeah, I'm never going to play them. Never going to be able to get rid of them. Cool. <laughs> no idea what to do with them. Well, I was cleaning up under my house uh, <laughs> just last weekend. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at things to throw out because we've got the, the council uh, bin day. And I pull out my six boxes of Lords of Hellas which I don't know if any of you ever sort of looked at it, but it was like a, a Greek meets um, cyberpunk sort of stone scale game. And we tried playing it once, and I don't know whether it was because we were all drunk <laughs> at the time. I was going to say, like, I, I have played it since that time, Troy. It's actually pretty good. I think that, that drunken time that we completely butchered it wasn't the best. 
<laughs> well, none of us have ever wanted to go back to it again. I'm, I'm surprised you played a yeah, game. Just a, one of the game days, I just randomly played a game. Actually, it was quite good. Like, it's a reasonable area control game. It's not, it's never going to, you know, win any awards, but it was a bit of fun. Well, maybe we should pull the, uh, blow the dust off these boxes of mine one day then. It'd be nice to get it. Yeah, we should. I mean, I've still got um, that as I was cleaning up through there. I mean, I was running through there. I still had um, Dark Rituals, Malleus Malefactorum. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that's all still sitting there unopened. Madara. Uh, and of course, the unintentional, yeah, the unintentional Malum, that one is still sitting there completely unopened. You know, I've just got these uh, boxes and I think, oh, what did I ever do with them? Why did I buy them again? I have all of Super Fantasy Brawl, and I'll never play it. I, I, I was lucky enough to sell on my Super Fantasy Brawl stuff because it wasn't really a game for me. But what my wife is really furious at me about is that she started painting all the minis, oh. and she got about she got a fair few done. And it was and, and in the time that she started till till she had a few done, that's when I decided that it wasn't a game for me. So after her doing this, you know, labor of love for me. I then go, I'm going to sell it. <laughs> so, I, uh, yeah, that one, that one's, I've managed to get rid of that. The one I don't think I'll ever get rid of, and I don't, it's a weird one because, again, it's a little bit like Destiny's. It's the same company. I have everything Chronicles of Crime, everything. And I still haven't played the Noir or the Welcome to Redview expansion for the base game. Um or completed all of these scenarios in the base game, but I have all the 1,400, 900, 2,400, all those ones. And I don't think I'll ever sell it because I don't think, I think, I think the, um, the excitement for Chronicles of Crime has passed. So I don't think I'd sell it because you wouldn't get hardly anything for it. But if I haven't played the base game yet, I can't see any of that other stuff getting touched ever. So it just sits there looking at me. Oh, the the uh, somehow these cardboard boxes can actually look uh, very accusatory. Yes. <laughs> well, I've got so we we're talking uh, Black Rose Wars before, but again, before that actually fulfilled, the company launched another Kickstarter. I'm like, oh, I like it. They got good minis. They look good. I'll get it. So it's called Dungeonology. And oh, that sounds terrible. Oh, it was <laughs> like it's a light dungeon crawler where you're actually students investigating a school, and I wouldn't know. It's that completely in shrink for nearly three years now just staring at me i don't think that's ever gonna get a go so i mean the question is what are you going to do with them do you reckon they'll just stay in shrink in somewhere in your back dark cupboard or do you end up uh, one day just looking at them going okay fine and in the bit it goes yeah uh, just huddle huddle they'll be worth something one day well, so g money's friend uh, rob had that i think it was a Kickstarter where multiple waves and he sold on the base game and given up on board game basically. And so he just had a whole bunch of um, expansion slob up one day. So he gave them to G who gave them to me. They sat on my desk for about a year. A guy walked past and goes, Oh, they look cool. Can I have those? Can I buy them? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> he goes a hundred bucks. Wow. I'm like, yeah, all right. That sounds great. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's worth money. Profit, to somebody baby. to the right person. You just got to find the, the market to be able to sell it to them. Yeah. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Look, seriously, I mean, uh, one of those um, games there were, that I'm talking about was something like 500 bucks uh, by the time I got it in the country. And, you know, if I sold it for 50, I'd still be happy yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> I'd know it was out of my house and somebody uh, was playing it somewhere. That's that, that similar, I guess, is that feeling you get when you sell a game that you think is not worth what you just got for it. Um, my example of that is that uh, Cleopatra and the Society of Architects. It was that huge overproduced version of the old Days of Wonder game. And I, I got it in and it was just shit. Like, the, even though they'd spent all this money making it overproduced, the card stock was shit. Like, all the basic stuff you should be getting right, they got wrong. And they just made this heaps of plastic and stuff. And I went, oh, I'll throw it on the marketplace. Who knows? Maybe because it's just come out. And someone bought it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, take it now. I'll drive it to your house. <laughs> I just don't want you to have a second to reconsider. <laughs> Let's just get this done. <laughs> All you got to do is leave it near a um, street post and put yeah. a bike, bike <laughs> chain around Someone it. will steal it. And then someone will steal <laughs> the, it. The I, I did that with massive darkness. 
Yeah. Um, good old Simon. I mean, Simon have had some hit and misses, and uh, Massive Darkness for me was a bit of a miss. Um, I just think there are better dungeon crawl games out there. Um, they were trying to do Zombicide with a, a, a D&D flavour. But I painted the miniatures and had a ball doing it, but I didn't really think that my painting was uh, worth adding a few extra hundred bucks on, but somebody did. Yeah, nice. And so, yeah, the, the guy bought it for a couple of hundred over what I paid for it. Wow. And I went, yep, I'll drive it to your place. <laughs> uh, yeah, there in an oh, hour. No, if, if you'd painted those, mate. That's well worth it. So your painting. <laughs> yeah, they, awesome. they were quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't have been shit. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's not something that normally has a bit of a, a, a saleable sort of, like I don't go out looking for painted yeah. miniatures in a game. It's something that's only available to the person who yeah, either yeah. does it or spends the money to get it done. After It feels exactly. like it loses its value after that. It's, yeah. Yeah. So well, well funny you say that, though, because I remember Massive Vargas being quite shit as well, and we all sort of just agreed that it wasn't, for us at the the group at the time, but someone was arguing with me the other day that Massive Darkness Two is really good, and that we should all give it another go. Well, oh. because they did their second well, one. I mean, yeah. Once bitten, twice shy. We have got so many games that I don't think Massive Darkness is getting another look yeah, in our group. And I mean, that's one of the biggest problems when it comes to Kickstarters. We all love them. We love them to death, and we get some great stuff out of it. But then you just watch your time disappear, and you think. When am I going to get to do all of that backlog? Yeah, there's yeah. so many games. It's a good time to be alive for it, though. I mean, remember, those of us that are uh, a little older, um, you know, remembering when the best board game you'd get your hands on was Monopoly that might have had a Simpsons theme. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was about as good as it gets. Well, and, I think yeah. that's still pretty well, high, high risk is high strategy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talisman is like, what a great way to spend a Friday night. Um, but these days, we are so yeah, spoiled for choice with some really amazing games. There are some uh, brilliant people out there doing some uh, some great game development. Well, that's true, too. You could probably go through your game cupboard and pull out, like, Warcraft and Starcraft and Forbidden Stars, and they've increased in value a fair bit since those days. Really? Oh, like old Hero Quest sets. and Yeah. Hero, yeah. Yeah, that's a fair call. I mean, there's there's, there's some of those games are... Um, they still hold their value pretty well. It's interesting to see what is coming through Kickstarter that will hold its value, as well as some of those real old classics. Even like if that. you've got a, even no, well, even if you've Shiny got a, a, an old copy of uh, Crossbows and Catapults, do you guys remember that game? Mm-hmm. That do. game is worth a ton if you've actually got the original game in box, which I do. <laughs> I've heard of them individually, but have it. it together. But apparently, also too, they're going to kickstart it again. The, I've heard a what rumor. About, what about the randomness of? The Bruce Lee Unmatched set. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got that on my shelf, mm. but I could sell it for like three hundred dollars. Yep. What I'm uh, like, I I I really like that set. Yeah. But do I like it more than three hundred dollars? I don't know. <laughs> like well, you know what got me the the Barkham Horror Arkham pack. Yeah, yeah. You know about that? So we were at a game day and we were selling them, and Shane Murray walks past and goes, "Oh, you've got one of these. I'll take it." Well, how much is it? We're like, oh, 25 bucks. And he nearly choked. He's like, do you know how much this is going for on eBay right now? And I had a look. It was like over $160 wow. for an Arkham Horror pack. And so he bought it. And I don't know if he flipped it or not. But, yeah, it was just the, the rarity and the uniqueness of it. Like, sometimes that sort of thing happens. You just end up with stuff. Like the Deadpool one, I don't think even made it, Steve. We, no, no. We didn't even get that here. No. Yeah, that's it's the Bruce Lee one because they've lost the license for the IP. Yeah, right. So it's it's, it's never coming back. Ah, yeah, okay. yeah. And yeah. I'm like, it, it's one. It's the only. There's two one character sets, that and Deadpool, and they're the most valuable unmatched sets of all of the sets <laughs> now because of their uniqueness. So it leads me to a. a- good question to ask you all i mean let's pretend this podcast for a second is actually going to be a bit of a community service (laughs) and ask the question where do you guys find the best place is to sell off your secondhand kickstarters ah board games of oz marketplace is ebay still the best place to go or you know i think the facebook marketplace has has taken over for me anyway i don't even remember what my ebay password is to sell a game but yeah, like the Southeast Queensland board game when I was down there, the board games that was Marketplace, trading, all those ones, they're all good. 
That's good to know. I mean, if anyone's listening to this for some sort of vague bit of information, maybe it's uh, yeah, it's worth knowing. Oh, oh they're going to get vague information. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> oh, it'll be vague. It's going to be less than vague. They can sell them to us yeah. for like ten bucks. All right. Well, look. Let's ask the ultimate question. Let's let's put out the question of what this topic was for the night. What is, in your opinion, the worst Kickstarter you've ever picked up? Steve, let's start with you. What do you think? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I don't Actually, know. You know what? It's mm, not be a tough party one. party. Oh, no way. It's no, not, it's, it's, it's not party a board party. game. Uh, and it's it's a sad story a little bit, right? I have a mate who um, started, he's a teacher that I used to be friends with in Cloncurry, and he started this channel called Mr. Long's Learning Lounge. And it was basically him reading books to kids. Uh, and it was really cool. And, it, you know, kids and uh, it got pretty popular people in schools were playing it and he decided to write his own book um what was it called i have to find it on my kickstarter page now um anyway so he's put it on kickstarter to get it published um you're kidding me it's called you are are you kidding me here it is um are you kidding me and he's put it on kickstarter and because he was a mate i jumped on there and it was nowhere near funding like nowhere near it and I'm like, oh, I feel bad for the guy. So I, 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 I backed it just so he could see that I had his, you know, you know good on you, man. You're <laughs> doing well. And then the little bastard, when it was like a minute before it was finished, he backed the game for the amount that was left to publish the book. <laughs> so then it fulfilled and I spent $40 getting a PDF version of a book for kids. <laughs> I don't even know where the file is. I don't care. I was just like, I was only doing it so you saw that I was supporting you. I didn't actually want to support you with real money. <laughs> yeah, he, he knew what he was doing. He was playing a long game. bastard. So yeah. I haven't he spoken to you him up since. Proper. <laughs> <laughs> What about yourself, DG? Give us your uh, your absolute worst. Uh, it's so hard because there's been so many weird stories with Kickstarter. Like me and G Money once went to the Kickstarter launch of a local game. Um, it was called Animal World War, I think it was. G Money and the game itself was actually quite good, but like the campaign was just a shambles, and nobody knew what was going on, and it got cancelled before it even got funded. Um, it was the um, the guys that did trust me. I'm a doctor, and like good guys, done some successful campaigns, um, but I don't know what happened with that one. It just just ended up being a nightmare. Obviously, besides the ones I already talked about that never fulfilled um, and still piss me off, I think my worst one is is a game called Wild Descent. So it looked great. Um, it's a mini based combat skirmish game back in the days when we were really keen on mini based skirmish combat games. And there's a bit of a campaign to it. It's like Kingdom Death Monster Light where you go and hunt some monsters and do some fun stuff. But the game is horrible. And it was nearly 300 US and Whoa. it took nearly four years to come. And then it came and it sat on my shelf for another year. And I had a guy come to my house to play some games. He's like, Oh, I'm interested in that. Can I take it? And, like learn it. I'm like, please, please go and take it and do something with it. He he learned it. He taught it to me at a game day. It was just as bad as I thought. And yeah, about four boxes just sit next to me every day, frowning at me. With that uh, box game look of uh, disappointment. <laughs> All right, G Matty, give us your worst. Um, I bought tickets to the Wrong Emphasis Theatre's production of what? Love got to do with it. That was the worst thing I've ever bought. Okay, I'm sorry. That huh? needs some extra <laughs> explanation. <laughs> no, that's just too highbrow for this. Yeah, I'm afraid so because none of us got that one. <laughs> no, listen to it on the recap. Okay, you'll get right. it. Um, I I did bring a. I bought a rules thing, like a second edition rules thing, Legacy Life Amongst the Ruins. It was supposed to be like a tabletop RPG, and um, yeah, never used it. Yeah. Sure, it was cool, but go on, Shane. Give us your. Uh, give us. Your... Uh, it would be all of the mint series. No, no. <laughs> oh, okay. The yeah, it's on the mints. <laughs> the one day they're going to make good screw and nail tins. <laughs> that is about it. <laughs> that's that's such yeah. a good way of looking it at something. It has a future use. <laughs> it's going to get use. some value. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to love putting random nails into you one day. Uh, uh... 
Well, I'll, uh, I'll throw mine in to, uh, to finish up that round. And it, uh, for me, it's, again, not a board game. Um, I actually bought something called iRide, which is uh, it's a hard head-up display for a helmet, motorcycle uh, helmet. Oh. And um, it seemed great on paper. You know, this thing just clips on the side of your helmet like uh, uh, any other communication uh, helmet device. And it had a little um, HUD that went up and just sat above your eye with a tiny postage stamp screen that, if you looked up to it, uh, looked relatively big enough to read. And it was supposed to display uh, the maps as you drove or rode along, and it was supposed to play your music and show you what was playing. And there's a lot of information supposed to be up there, but it was the biggest piece of shit. Um, it had no volume control, so you couldn't turn the volume up or down as you rode. <laughs> Uh, it had no button to answer phone calls, and the um, the arm that held the uh, the little screen kept vibrating. And if it was even a half a mil out of position, you couldn't see the screen. Um, so it turned out to be a big waste of time. And the the worst part wasn't that it was the most expensive thing I bought, but it was a bomb. The worst part was my expectation. Yeah. yeah. I was so keen on having a HUD for my uh, motorcycle helmet that when it arrived, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, a follow-up question. Has anyone ever backed any kind of tech on Kickstarter and been happy? Oh, I can't say I have, no. I dodged a massive bullet. I went to back a 3D printer because the reviews were great and it looked really cheap and affordable. No, it was... um, Oh, geez, I can't even remember that now. I'd have to have a look. But it was in a really good price range for what it actually said that it was going to deliver. Um, and you know how in your Kickstarter you can see what, like, pledges you've dropped as well? So it was called yeah. Ivy, the Closed Loop 3D Printer. Um, it was a three-in-one, had, like, um, other tools, like routing tools and stuff like that. Anyway, it that was six years ago. It never funded, never delivered. Oh, good. So yeah. well it was $350 at the time. Yeah. Wow. And um, just as it went to go, I'm like, oh, nah, I'm not going to spend 350 bucks on a 3D printer on Kickstarter and canceled my pledge. And it, yeah, still hasn't delivered. <laughs> I, spent, I spent $350 on a 3D printer on Kickstarter. I got it, and it was a heap of shit. Um, and, and their support was just a fucking Facebook group that you put a comment in, and, and seven hundred random people from across the world would give you answers. Yeah, they just go, they "We agree with you. Other. We agree and with I, you, Steve." I eventually bought a different three D printer, and I went back on that forum. I said, "I managed to solve my issue. It cost me eight hundred dollars, and I bought a new three D printer." <laughs> Threw this one in the bin. <laughs> Fixed. <laughs> well, I just clicked on that 3D printer, say. actually. It has been cancelled by Kickstarter. It's been deactivated. Oh, wow. Yeah. They took some steps. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the, um... Yeah, everyone, a lot of people told me that. Right? <laughs> we don't want to hear about you, Dave, uh... did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> Yeah, I must say uh, the support for tech uh, through Kickstarter is just a nightmare. Um, those Rocket Air glasses that I mentioned earlier, or Rokut, however you want to pronounce it, they um, their their whole idea of of support was let's not talk to you for a month, and maybe you'll go away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they had the audacity, though, about a year after they came out, they had the audacity to send me a uh, message and say, how have you been enjoying our glasses? We'd really like one or two people to comment uh, publicly on what they think of the product. Could you contact us? I contacted them and said, here's what I would say if you put me on your site. Do you still want my my comments? No, thank you very much. Uh, Well, well, hopefully, DJ, the rubber band gun may turn up one day. Yeah, look, it that hasn't been cancelled and deactivated by Kickstarter. So can you share off. the link to that? I just don't oh, it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Might be a might be a bit of a stretch to think that's ever going to get here. The stretch goals were used rubber bands. The, the stretch goal was like a pistol, and in a lot of the video clips of it, that actually they machined all the pistols like they were all ready to go. So yeah, it looks great. Um, yeah, I'll I'll post the link up, but it's. Um, it's iffy. Like I, I give it one in ten chance that actually. Are they offering late pledges? 
<laughs> weirdly, weirdly enough, they are. Oh no! <laughs> oh, at least that's one of the buildings that hasn't been. Yeah, I'd highly before. recommend don't go in for it. Yeah. <laughs> so on Kickstarter, it's literally just called Rubber Band Mini Gum, and it looked fantastic, and the videos are fantastic. Oh, wow. Anyway, come on, yep. band together, everybody, and support it. Somebody, uh, do we have a mute button? <laughs> I can edit him out. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, G. Uh, that hurts my hey, feeling. Hey, G, I have a ticket for you to Ukraine. Would you mind heading over there for us? Chase them up. I got a gun. Pick a, yeah, just walk into the country and say, hey, I'm here for my guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Alrighty. Thank you. It has been a lot of fun, gentlemen. Uh, for those of you who've been um, listening, it's uh, our memory walk, uh, our walk down memory lane for Kickstarter. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, Thanks for hosting, man. Yeah. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, nah. not a problem at all. So apparently it comes down to me to pick a, uh, a new topic. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the shtick. Is, is that yeah. the shtick? Do we, uh, do we mention yeah, it on, on definitely. here? Yeah, definitely. Go for it. You, you, you've got to get well, us on this, paper so that we know we're actually going to do it. Make you do it. Yeah. Um, well, this one's near and dear to me, and, and we often end up uh, having this conversation when I uh, hang around with a bunch of uh, you lot that I know. Is it how to well. play Star Trek Ascendancy with Luke and not want to stab him in the face? Oh, That's well, a pretty good that's, question. That's, that's we could do a whole question, topic about that. Yeah. <laughs> how to avoid being stabbed at the same yeah. time while stabbing people in the back. What to do when board games go wrong? <laughs> no, I'm going to uh, I'm going to put a simple one out there. Um, I want you to troll back for those of you who uh, have done role play, and I'm sure there's plenty of us, and uh, find your favourite characters from your role playing history, and uh, yeah, we'll have a night of reminiscing and fun. Mm-hmm. We will indeed. Yeah. I'll talk about Whip him, oh, Don't worry. Thanks. He needs a little bit of a uh, a poke, a prod. Now yeah, a dollar for every time the word taint gets mentioned. Oh, I'm fully expecting uh, G Money to um, to rock up with every bad dad joke available. If I had a dollar for every time taint was mentioned, I'd have nine. That's just tonight. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Hey, hey. Um, before we go, uh, for all the people listening out there that like books, especially good books, I have a friend who's an author. Uh, he writes really good books. If you'd like to look him up, his name is David, usual spelling, Folker, F-O-L-K-E-R. You can just Google him, like David Volker, author, and get some of his stuff. I can He's attest really to that. I got uh, one of his books uh, a little while ago. And, um, yeah, he's actually pretty bloody good. Because that's what we do here. We move product. <laughs> yeah, right. And we support, like, we support because, locals. So. Yeah. Because we're expecting somebody yeah. to still be here an hour. Into the podcast. <laughs> this is the uh, this is the I'm barely still like, here. Yeah. If, if you're after a good meat <laughs> pie, you can go. <laughs> See now, a word from our sponsors. Before we finish, a word from our sponsors. Oh Jesus! Oh God! Oh Jesus! Thank you, gents. Yeah, thank you, and thank you, thank you, mate. Thank you, Troy. It's been good, mate. No, not a problem at all. It's, uh, it was fun to do, and I'm happy to come back for another topic sometime. This episode has been brought to you by Northside Family Smile.